your glory covering the earth Lord just like the water covering the sea I see the millions coming to salvation I see revival fire in the land I see the lost nameless ones remember I hear the widow shouting out your praise I see the friendless loved and celebrated orphans fulfilling Lord the calling on the lives we say do it Lord do it Lord do it Lord we are praying do it Lord do it that's your glory may be seen yeah do it Lord do it Lord do it Lord we are praying do it Lord do it that's your glory may be seen and I see forgiveness overtaking hatred pride and prejudice now giving way to love I see depression replaced with joy and gladness and Satan's lies now bowing to the truth oh, I see forgiveness overtaking hatred pride and prejudice now giving way to love oh, I see depression replaced with joy and gladness and Satan's lies they are bowing to the truth we say
Amen. Good morning. We just want to welcome everyone at Christian Fellowship Church, those of you watching online. Um, we're at phase one now in reopening, so we do have a few people here this morning. So I'm glad I'm, uh, the past several uh, month or two I've been preaching to crickets uh, in here with no one here. So I might have stage fright today. We've got a few people in here. But uh, again, for throughout phase one, we want to make a few announcements. Uh, there will not be a nursery in phase one because uh, there's no way they could keep uh, toddlers separated uh, enough. So that the nursery room will be a cry room. If anybody comes with a, a small child and they're crying, you could go back in the, uh, that cry room. We have a closed circuit TV where you could still listen. And if child quits crying, they're more than welcome to come back with you. Um, also, let me put on my glasses so I can see my notes here. Uh, Throughout phase one, we're not going to have Wednesday night services. Uh, we want to see what the numbers are going to do in case it starts to make it come back or something like that, uh, the COVID case. So uh, we will not have Wednesday nights. We'll still have uh, Sunday mornings. I think phase one goes through till the beginning of June. We could have uh, about 25% capacity, which today we would have uh, room for more of you here. So if more of you were waiting at home, uh, you could have came out this morning and had a little bit room there. Uh, we will, again, we miss everyone. Uh, throughout phase one also, we will not be handing out bulletins because women's meetings, men's meetings, all those things are on hold in phase one. We're not going to be doing those things. Um, and also the notes uh, that I usually hand out on Sunday morning. Um, what we've done is if, if you would go to the Facebook page, and if you're watching this right now, you're on the Facebook page. Um, there is a link my wife put on there that you can download the, the notes that I would usually hand out. So you go to Facebook page right now, you could uh, download the notes that I'll be teaching in a few minutes. Uh, we're going to kind of get those out on the Saturday before to keep you updated with that. So again, just want to welcome you. Thank you for watching online. Thank you, uh, all those. Uh, we miss all of you guys. It's good seeing the ones that are here. Amen. Uh, I was thinking, you know, maybe at the end of the service with uh, only a few people and since we're just doing live, I don't know how many of you are old enough to remember Romper Room. Who remembers Romper Room? Remember on TV? I, I, I want to get one of that mirror with the thing and at the end I'm going to say, hey, I'll see Jessica. And you remember that, that it was that Romper Room show and at the, the favorite part at the end was the teacher would come to the class with it like a magical mirror that it didn't have something and she'd say a bunch of kids' names and you always wanted to hear your name uh, you <laughs> called on that. So. so the reason I said Jessica, hello Jessica Ross. Hey boy. So uh, again, uh, stay up to date with us on Facebook. Uh, we have all... Uh, current events going up there. That's how we're trying to uh, stay with people up to date on that. You also can download the CFC uh, phone app on your phone. If you'd put it up there, Nathaniel. Um, and announcements, there we go. We're going to get it. If you go on the Facebook page or the web page for the church, you'll see this image there. Follow this link. It's an active link to get the church uh, app on your phone because it's called Ministry One. Uh, so you can't just go in uh, regular apps and look up Christian Fellowship Church. Click on this link, download this app. It's going to look like a, a purple background with a white cross. But when you do it from this link, it will automatically connect you to the church's uh, church app thing there. And, and also sign in with an email address. Uh, yesterday my wife was able to send out through the church app all those that have it 
the link so they could have the notes already for today. So uh, get you the church app. Also YouTube, we got a YouTube channel to help people uh, that may not have Facebook. Uh, now, YouTube will not be live this morning. The, this message will be posted up later this afternoon. Uh, but you, you got to uh, type in Christian Fellowship Church, Pastor Scott Sheremy, and that'll take you to uh, our YouTube page. We don't have our logo. The reason it's such a long thing you got to search for is because there's about a million Christian Fellowship Churches, and uh, you'd have to scroll down about 10 pages before you'd find us. So if you put it in like that, it should show up pretty quick. All right, so uh, again, for Children's Church, uh, New Generations, they will be uh, putting up their video of this morning. The kids are back there. Um, we will have our Club 345 and uh, New Generations Children's Church. But those of you that didn't make it out at 1 o'clock today, they will be uh, posting up their video of their service this morning. Uh, again, we just want to say happy birthday to anyone having a birthday between now and next Sunday. Those of you watching online, if you've got a birthday between now and next Sunday, write uh, in the comment section, birthday, that's your birthday. We want to tell you happy birthday. Did anyone in here have a birthday this week? Nope. All right. And we also want to say happy anniversary to those having anniversaries this week. So if you're in the comments, write uh, happy anniver uh, anniversary so we can tell you happy anniversary. Anyone in here having an anniversary this week between now and next Sunday? It doesn't have to be a happy anniversary. It could be a... No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How many of you missed my jokes? Oh, I got a couple of people. <laughs> I was hoping I was hoping somebody would raise their hand for Michelle. <laughs> Amen. Uh so again, we just want to have the morning tithe and offerings right now. And what we're gonna do, I'm gonna read some scriptures this morning. Uh since we have a few people in here when we're gonna pick up the offering after I read this. What we're going to do is come up by section and uh, instead of someone going around handing out something uh, side to side, you could just come put your offering in the basket here as I call you up or you could just do it in the birdhouse in the back uh, that we have in the foyer. So I just want to read uh, this week's scriptures. Psalms 19 verse 9 says, fear the, Lord, the fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. The decrees of the Lord are firm and all of them are righteous. Psalms 33, 8 says, Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the people of the world revere him. Psalms 115, 11 says, You who fear him, trust in the Lord. He is their help and shield. And verse 13 says, He will bless those who fear uh, the Lord, small and great alike. So if you have your offering, you could take it in your right hand and just repeat after me this morning. Say, as I give in today's offering, I commit myself to walk in the fear of the Lord with humility and sincerity and to respect, honor, and obey to the Lord God Almighty. I repent of any independent attitude or pride and ask for God to keep me and bless me in every way. I give today with total confidence in my God. Amen. So what we're going to do right now, let's, if you just want to play something soft on the uh, keyboard, we want this section, this side of the church, if you have an offering, you could get up and just make your way, drop it in the basket here, just make your way down that way and uh, try to stay six feet apart, then we're going to get this side together.
right, anybody on this side, if you have an offering, you could just come drop it in there and make your way back to your seat out there. together. If you would, stand to your feet. Those of you at home, if you want to stand to your feet too, we encourage you to worship with us this morning. Our call to worship to, uh, for the month of May comes from First Chronicles chapter 16, verses 27 through 30. It says, glory and majesty surround him. Power and joy fill his temple. Praise the Lord, all the people on earth. Praise his glory and might. Praise the Lord's glorious name. Bring an offering and come to his temple. Bow down before the Holy One when he appears. Tremble before him, all the earth. Father, we just come to you right now. And Father, we invite your presence in this place this morning. We invite your presence in all those homes of those that are watching us here this morning, Father God. Father, we come with a great anticipation today, Father God. We ask that you move in each and every situation. We lift up the needs of each and every person, Father God, because our hope is in you today, Father God. And nowhere else, we, our hope is in you, Father. So fill this place, Father. In Jesus' name we pray, and everyone says, Amen. Let's worship the Lord today.
the enemy. We tear down the gates of hell when we lift up our hands and we worship. Your praise is a weapon.
up your hands. Those of you in the building here, those of you at home, just lift your hands for the Lord. Father, we surrender our lives to you right now. Father, for our hope is in you, Father God. Our battles are won because of you, Father God. It may seem like the world is caving in around us, Father God. But Father, help us to see that our hope is not in the world, but our hope is in you today, Father God. That we have a hope that is overflowing inside of every one of us. That we know that we can have joy and peace in our lives, even in the midst of a storm. Fill this place. Fill the homes of your people this morning. Let your Holy Spirit flow in their lives right now. not by might or power, but by your spirit. Our battles are fought, Father God, in your loving care. You go ahead of us, Lord. You prepare the way. If God be for us, who could be against us? Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise this morning. Amen. Come on, you guys at home. We want to hear you clapping. Come on. Amen. Amen. Worship the Lord. He deserves all our praise. Amen. I did forget to announce one thing. At the end of the service, if you want a prayer cloth, you could come on up. We, we have them spaced out here that you could get uh, the prayer cloths for your home. Uh, things. You may be seated. Again, we want to go ahead and dismiss Club 345, those kids 3, 4, and 5 years old, to their class. Uh, Brother Aaron, if, yeah, there you go, if you turn on the lights for us. Again, if you have your, a Bible, you go ahead and um, open it to the book of Romans and uh, 1 Corinthians is where we're going to start off in. Uh, again, they're both in the New Testament. There's Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, then Romans, then 1 Corinthians. So it's right there to help you uh, get through there. Again, those of you, if you're joining a little late, if you want a copy of the notes this morning, on the Facebook page, church Facebook page, uh, there's a link that you could download these notes for you uh, today. Uh, if you don't have that, those of you that's in here, naturally... Uh, uh, we don't have the notes to hand out uh, this morning, uh, but if you want to go ahead and start downloading those notes to help you out, get your Bible. I like, I like paper notes. I'm not a digital person. I'd rather read off of a paper than... How many of you would rather read off of a computer screen or off of a... My wife, she can't read a paperback book no more. She always wants to just read off the thing. I'm the total opposite. I want to read... I, I like papers uh, when I'm reading, so uh, those of you that want to just download digitally on your phone, you can. I like uh, paper notes there, so if, if you would, we're just going to begin in prayer this morning, and uh, this message is called Hope Overflowing. Let's just pray. Father, I just come to you right now, and I just pray, Father God, that your spirit be in this place and in each and every home, Father God. That every deaf ear would be open to your word today, to hear your word, Father God. And that every blind eye would be open to see your spiritual truths today. Touch each and every one of our minds that we are able to comprehend your word today, Father God. Touch each and every one of our hearts, Father God. Uh, soften our hearts that we could receive your word, Father. And your word could take root in our hearts, Father. 
And Father, I just pray for uh, anything else that anyone may have, Father God, uh, in this building or at their home, whatever they're going through, Father God. We know that you are a God that's more than able and more than capable of meeting every need. In Jesus' mighty and precious name we pray. And everyone says, Amen. Amen. All right. So if you have your Bibles, Romans chapter 15, you can get there. Uh, uh, then we'll go to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Those are our two scriptures that we're basing everything off this morning. Oh, a couple of more people snuck in uh, since we started worshiping. Good to see everybody. Good to see you guys. Uh, can this side of the church look this way and wave to this side of the church? All right, we haven't seen you now. Can this side wave to that side? All right, there we go. Amen. Amen. Well, again, we do have a little bit more room with that. If, if, you, if you live right near here and you want to hurry up and get here, I don't care if you come with your hair and rulers. Do women still put their hair and rulers? I don't know, but you could come that way. I don't care. Amen. But I was thinking, you know, when, when, when did this COVID-19, when did you really begin to take it serious that you knew it was more than something? You know, in the beginning of the year, on the news there was mention, you know, in China it was going around and different things. And, you know, as it slowly came back in uh, making its way in the United States and things. And little did we know that it would turn our country almost upside down, that things would get shut down and... Uh, that's what I, I, I joked last week. I said, I, I want to call the people I bring my, buy my yearly calendar from to see if I could get a refund on uh, March, April, and May because there's nothing, <laughs> the country was shut down in that time. And, um, but I, I was thinking about, for me, it was, uh, I don't know what exactly month it was, but it was a Wednesday night. I do remember specifically because we left here from prayer and we usually get pick up something to eat on the way home from uh, Wednesday night services. And we were at Popeye's and my wife was inside ordering at Popeye's. So I said, well, I, I put on the radio and um, it, on K-Love, I love, if you, don't, if you need a good radio station, go to 107.5 or I think it's also 106.3. K-Love, uplifting great Christian music. They, they started announcing that that was the night that the NBA shut down. One of the NBA players had tested positive, uh, I, I think right at the game, and they actually canceled the games and began sending people home out of the arena that had paid their ticket. And I said, well, man, this is starting to get, you know, a little serious, you know, on these things. And then that, that was a Wednesday. The following Sunday... Uh, there were no gatherings larger than 250 that they had said, but it didn't affect our church. We're not, uh, we're smaller than 200 on Sunday morning, so it really didn't affect us there. Then by the next Sunday, it went down to 50. And uh, I know people were taking it serious there because I think we had, we had place for 50 people, but only 27 people showed up. And it was like, you know, this is really becoming, you know, uh, serious people's, uh, getting scared with this and things. And then the very following week, it was down to 10 people. And that's when uh, we had service in here. And it was me, my wife, and I think Darren, maybe one other person. It was, it was like, that's what I said. That's what I got. It, it felt so weird trying to speak to a camera. And that's all that there was, you know. So I'm so glad you're back and able to be back here. But throughout these weeks, we have just been, you know, uh, online uh, bringing the message of God, praying for everyone. But uh, 
as we were going through those things and as it became more and real, you kept watching the news as people raiding stores and, you know, going buy all the toilet paper, all the sanitizer and all this. And it's like, this is ridiculous, you know. And I was thinking, you know what? I'm smarter than these people. I'm just going to go online. I, I'm not going to fight in the store. I'm going to go to Amazon who has everything. I'm going to go to Sam's who has everything. Well, guess what? When I logged, went on their things, everything was out of stock, out of stock, out of stock. And it's like, you know, you, you, we wish we would have had more stuff that we were prepared better, okay? And, um, and we did have, we did, I did have sanitizer and everything, uh, toilet paper enough to, to make it through. We didn't go without, but, you know, it, it reminded me in the late 90s, uh, early 2000s when I was a youth pastor here, we used to go to a place called Discovery Camp, and uh, I'd bring the youth to Discovery Camp in Texas. Any of you old enough, young enough, that I know Megan wasn't, and that you got a few of them back there too, that, that we went to Discovery Camp. Well, one of the things that the, uh, Tommy Birchfield, who was in charge of Discovery Camp, said, and it always stayed with me, and every year you'd go, he would say this statement. He says, it's important that we get the word of God in us when we don't need it. So it is already there when you do need it. You know, and, what, and again, we know we need the Word of God every day in our life, but he's, in other words, he's saying, don't abandon your relationship with God. Get God's Word in you when things are going great, when there are no problems in your life. Don't just wait till you're in an emergency because then you're, you're going to the well, but the well's dry. You need to fill it up before, okay? And so it's, I kind of was thinking about that. You know, it would have been like the statement saying, you know, Get the sanitizer and toilet paper when you don't need it. <laughs> so when you do need it, you already have it there. So thinking about getting God's word inside of us and, and having there, I think that is the foundation that, that helps you get through what we're going through, that, that gets you through. I've uh, done a message the other, other day, and one of the statements I made was that your faith doesn't stop circumstances from coming in life. Your faith helps you get through those trials of life. Okay, everybody, Jesus says, in this world, you will have trouble. And if I don't think there was, let me say, not I don't think, I know there wasn't a person alive that had more faith than Jesus Christ. But yet his life was filled with trials and tribulations that came against him. So that shows you that faith doesn't keep storms from coming in your life. It is faith that gets you through those storms in life. And so, as I was looking at uh, these scriptures, I just want to go ahead, if you'd uh, put up Romans chapter 15, 13, where I, I have hope overflowing. And hopefully today, I can express what God has shown me through these scriptures today, that we understand that our hope, and th this is the, you know, when you say the moral of the story, if, if you could get anything out of this, I need you to understand that your hope needs to be in Him and nothing else. It's not in your abilities, it's not in your capabilities, it's not in the United States government, it's not in any other government around the world. Our hope has to be found in him and him only. Now, notice what it says here in Romans 15, 13. May the God of hope. So if you, if you have a paper, you download it, I want you to get your ink pen. Um, those of you sitting in the pew, you could, when I, when I say circle the word hope, you could do that, <laughs> what you think. But the reason I, I want you to circle and underline things is for when you're reviewing at home, it kind of triggers this thought to come back. It says, the God of hope 
uh, and that word hope means to anticipate or an expectation and or trust. It says, may the God of hope fill you with, look at these two things, with joy and peace as you trust him. See, you can have a false hope. You hear me? There is false hope. We could put our hope and trust in, any, in many of things. You could put your, you know, many people put their hope and trust in their job. But how many of you know you could get a phone call tomorrow and it's shut down and that, that they're out of business? You could put your, tr- your trust in, in people. You could put your trust in a spouse. But guess what? They're probably going to let you down. People will let you down. We are, we're all human. We all make mistakes. But it, uh, the scripture tells us the God of hope. You see, my hope and expectation and trust needs to be in him and no one else. Not even ourselves, because if you put your hope in yourself, you're not going to make it. So, so it says, may the God of hope fill you with joy and peace. So even in the middle of a storm, if my hope is in God, my trust is in God, he can bring joy and peace in the middle of that storm as you trust him. Now, he's talking about somebody being in a trial right here. Because he's saying you need to trust him. When everything's going great, you don't really need to trust anything. Right? Everything's great. But he's saying you're trusting him because something's going on in your life that is not normal. That, that you need something else. You're trusting him to meet that need. Your expectation comes that way. He says, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the uh, Holy Spirit. That your life can overflow with hope. That only comes through the power of the Holy Spirit. When your hope is totally in Him. And we're going to get in some scriptures after a while that we've, we've... I've never seen it this way until this week's studying. And I've read them many a times. And, I, you know, God, God opens up your eyes sometimes to tr- spiritual truths that you haven't seen before. So our hope is in Him. 1 Corinthians 13, 13 says this. And now these three remain. Faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. And I want you to understand that it says these three remain. And I want you to realize we're talking about our hope. And where do you see the word hope? Notice it's sandwiched between faith and love. And I think this is very important that we understand this. Hope is our desire and our expectation. So it says our faith is in what? In who? In God the Father. And I love that word love is translated the word agape, which means charity or giving of and not expecting anything in return. Now, how many of you know what John 3.16 says? For God so loved, that word agape again, it was a charity thing. We didn't deserve his love. We didn't deserve his son dying on the cross. He gave it expecting nothing in return. He gave his son so that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. So I want you to think of this. So our faith in God that's us in the middle with hope. Our hope is in our faith in God and our love of our Savior, 
and, Jesus, and God's kingdom, my love of our Savior Jesus Christ who died for us, for our sins. That is my hope. My hope is that, that the faithful God, which he did, provide his son through his love for us. And there my life is surrounded by love and hope. What is the greatest commandment? It says that word love. To love the Lord God with all your heart. So meaning everything, there is nothing else. All you do is love God. And then he says the second is, is just as the first. To love your neighbor as yourself. Is that agape kind of love? So when I, when I read this scripture, now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. We understand that it's sandwiched between that faith and love. Faith in, our, say, faith in God and the love of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Because so God so loved the world. That's where my hope is. Do you notice he didn't say, for God so loved the world that he gave his son, that whoever uh, believes in him and does all these other things shall not perish. What, what God's word is telling us, what do we have to do to be saved? Believe in his son. In other words, believing in his son, that his son was the Messiah who came to take away the sins of the world. How many of you know the religious Pharisees and Sadducees did not believe that? They had religious works. They had, if you want to say, good deeds and all these things, and they thought their salvation and their ticket to heaven was because of what they did. But that's not what God's word tells us. See, we need to understand that the Bible says the most righteous of a man is as a filthy rag in the eyes of the Lord. In other words, can I tell you, we're children of God, but without the blood of Jesus Christ, you couldn't even come close to making it to heaven. Jesus says that uh, when he was speaking of salvation, he says, with man, this is impossible. He was saying there's nothing you could do to be righteous enough to make it to heaven. And how many of you know what happens is when people begin to think they're righteous enough, Sadducees and Pharisees, it's pride inside the person. Who knows what's the first sin? Pride rising up inside the person, realizing that person begins to think, although they won't say it, but inside they, they're so full of themselves that it's, I got this, God. And I'm going to look at a few more scriptures uh, on this, but th this is uh, where we need to realize we can have false hope, but our uh, false hope, again, where we say we can put our trust in ourselves, in my works, in what I do, because I do all these things, I'm going to heaven. Because I do all these things, it's all in control, but that's not what the Word of God tells me. The Word of God says it's because of His love. That, that's why you need His grace, because you don't deserve it, and you need His mercy, because he's not, He decides not to punish you, which you do deserve. So let's look about focusing on hope a little bit more right now. Psalms 31, 24. We already talked about uh, in Romans 15, 13 that when our hope is in him, everything, you know, is, is all in him, trusting in him that the only way I'm going to heaven is because of his love, his faithfulness to me, and what his son done. 
But when we, our hope is in that, it says that you will uh, have all joy and peace, what we talked about earlier. But look what it says also in verse 30, Psalms 31, 24. This is the King James Version here. It says, be of good courage. Now, why do I need courage? Again, you need courage when you're going through something. Courage is the opposite of fear, right? When fear comes, are having courage. So he's telling you, be of good courage. You, I know you're going through something. I know there's something that is bringing fear into your life, but don't let the fear overtake your life. He says, be of good courage. He says, when you, when you trust in you, and again, it's about putting your hope in him, he shall strengthen your heart. All ye that do what? Hope where? Where is your hope? In him. Not in anything else in this. Not in my abilities, not in my talents, not in anything else. <clears throat> when our hope is in Him, He will strengthen us. So our hope that is between our faith and love is, is, is sandwiched between those two. It gives us joy, He gives us peace, and He strengthens us. Now, notice again Hebrews six nineteen through 20. We have this what? Hope. There's that word again. We have this hope. And again, it, this is showing you again where our hope needs to be. It says, we have this hope as in what? An anchor. What does an anchor do? It, stay, it, it positions you and holds you so that when the waves come, the storms of life, you are still anchored and held. Why? Because of your hope in him not your hope in anything else he says you'll find an anchor for your what soul now what is your soul your soul is your mind your will and your emotions so when storms in life come guess what it fear comes it's an emotion being scared comes it's an emotion so our hope when our hope is in him it anchors us and it doesn't let our fear overtake and override our life fear is one of the most powerful things in the world and i always use this example i'm not a person that likes heights but look right here i'm not scared at all and look i got half my feet off this balcony of, of this thing and i'm not even worried about falling up standing up so easy but if you take this ledge and you put it about 50 feet up in the air, this is reality. From three feet from the edge, I wouldn't hardly be able to stand. Because the fear, would, fear paralyzes you. Fear changes everything. I still have the ability to keep balance, right? It's not, nothing's changed except it's higher. Gravity doesn't get stronger when it gets higher. The only thing that changes is the fear inside of me. Anybody else, you know what I'm talking about? Those things, the, the, the simplest task could be done unless fear is injected and you can't do it anymore. Right? I, we could probably get a, a two by 12 piece of wood here and have you walk on it on the floor and never stumble and fall off of it. But you put that up about 300 feet in there and ask somebody to walk across, all of a sudden you can't even keep your balance because of fear. Fear is a paralyzing thing. So he says, we have our hope as an anchor. Our trust in him, our, our hope is our trust in him. Firm and secure. And then notice what it says. 
it in, and it's beginning to, to, to bring you that this hope is in the love of our, from our God through the Son, Jesus Christ, who died on the cross and became our, uh, the high priest forever, the, the sacrifice uh, for your sins. It says, it enters the inner sanctuary behind the curtain, meaning the access to the Father in the temple, for we where our forerunner, Jesus, has entered on our behalf. That Jesus has died on the cross. That Jesus became the sacrifice for you. He has entered on our behalf and he has became our high priest forever. And what is talking about the high priest there in the order of Melchizedek, it was that the high priests were the ones that would go before God and make the sacrifices for the forgiveness of sins. And we understand that now Jesus became the high priest forever, the one and only last sacrifice, the sacrificial lamb that died for our sins. Well, guess what? I can't add anything to what was already paid. My hope is in the cross and the cross only. My hope is in the love of the Father, the faith in God, and the love that His Son gave on the cross. If I try to put it in anything else, it won't work. It's impossible salvation with man. You're only saved because of God. <clears throat> so when we face situations in life, what I want to talk about this morning is you come up to where your fear versus your foundation. You hear me? Your fear versus your foundation what is your hope built on is it on the word of god or is it on your ability is it on something else the the bible we're going to read in a in a minute here talks about building your house on the solid rock which is jesus or building it on the sand shifting sand so i'm going to read this whole section to you then i'm going to come back to the beginning and show you some of the things that god showed me through this uh, this week. And again, this is very familiar scriptures. We've all heard it before. If you want to turn to Matthew chapter 7, starting in verse 21 through 27. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only he who does the will of the Father of my Father is, who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, didn't we prophesy in your name and in others, uh, and uh, in your name drive out demons and perform many miracles? And this is Jesus speaking. He says, then I will plainly tell them, I never knew you. Get away from me, you evildoers. Verse 24 says, therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice, is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. It, when the rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, the storms of life. Yet it did not fall because it had a foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and don't put it to practice is like a foolish man who built a house on the sand. The rain came, same storm came down, and streams whirls, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. Now, if you're not careful, you could read this and get very legalistic with it. Where he says, doing the will of my father. 
and, and all these things, and you could become very legalistic and try to think that it's because of things we do. Now, let's jump back. In the very beginning of the script, Darren, uh, uh, 1 Corinthians 13, again, I have verses 1 through 4. Again, that we read from 1 Corinthians uh, 13 where it says, These three remain, faith, hope, and love, but the greatest is love. But listen to what it's talking about before this. It's talking about love, but notice what he's talking about before this. And what he says, If I, if I speak in the tongues of men or angels, but do not have love. Isn't love one of the things we're, our hope is sandwiched between that I was explaining about, the love of the Father through Jesus Christ that we're saved? He says, but I do not have love. I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. Now, I want you to notice this thing. He's talking about what love is. And if, again... Everything they're saying is great. We should be, you know, uh, if it's speaking tongues and angels, uh, things and all these things are spiritual things that, that should be done in a person's life. But I want you to begin to see that it's not because we do those things that we make it to heaven. Again, <laughs> let me continue reading here. It says, verse 2, if I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge and I have a faith that can move mountains. Listen to this. I have a faith that can move mountains, but I don't have the love. Notice he's talking about all the abilities a person can do. And all these abilities are good things. How many of you know God wants you to have mountain-moving faith? But mountain-moving faith don't get you to heaven. Verse 3 says, now no, this is a charitable act. And again, it's listing what we do. What we can do. He says, if I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast but do not have love, what do you gain? Nothing. In other words, he's saying, even in all these spiritual things, if you don't have the love, the faith, the hope, our hope in, the, in, in God and the love of his son, what you have is nothing. I'm going to bring it back, back to this. Now, tied in with your notes, uh, which, which you don't have. Uh, again, it says love is patient, love is kind. It does not envy, and love does not what? Boast. What is boast? It's speaking of self. It's speaking of my abilities. In other words, he's saying, if I could start bragging about, I could prophesy, I have faith to move mountains and all these things, but if I don't have love, you see, if it wasn't for, it's not, I'm not going to heaven because I could prophesy. I'm not going to heaven because I have faith that can move mountains. I'm going to heaven because God loved me so much that he sent his son to die on the cross. Now let's get back 
to Mark, Matthew 7, 21 through 27. Keeping this in mind, what we just read, Jesus says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. But only he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. And I want to stop there for a second. Could we sometimes misunderstand what the will of the Father is? That God is more worried about you prophesying in his name and doing all these things when he said the way to heaven is what? To believe that his son was the Messiah? Could that be the word he's telling us? That we need to... Let me read this again. But only he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. And our self-righteousness sometimes wants to think about, I've got to follow all these laws of God. Doing the will, no, the will of the Father was in John 3.16, that you would believe my Son has died and risen from the dead. That's what the Pharisees and Sadducees could not do. They had all their religious work, but they would not accept Jesus Christ as their son. So guess what? When they, when they stood before the pearly gates or whatever you want to say, you know how people say those things, that what, I never knew you. You thought you were getting here on your works and your merit, but it has nothing to do with your works and your merit. It's doing the will of the Father, which is believing that He sent His Son to die for you and that He is the Messiah who takes away the sins of the world. Verse 22. Many will say on that day, now catch this, Lord, Lord, I'm going to read it quick and then see if you catch it. Did we not prophesy in your name and in your, and in your name drive out demons and perform miracles? Notice what they're saying. That word, we. When Jesus is saying, not everybody knows, and they will say, in other words, I'm starting to give you my qualifications why I need to be up there. Do you see that? It, 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 instead of, you know, they're beginning to say, let me tell you why I qualify. And saying part of my qualifications is, we, I prophesied in your name. That you get me some points toward heaven. He says, and in your name, didn't we drive out demons and perform many miracles? Well, the only reason you drove out demons is because at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue confess. It has nothing to do with you. It's not you that did anything. The miracles that are performed are not performed because of you. It's because of the Holy Spirit of God working. So don't come, Jesus is telling them, don't come here giving me your list of all you can do why you need to be in heaven and why you're going to heaven. Corinthians is talking about that love, right? Uh, if I pro- and, and Paul's telling you, if I prophesy, if I have great faith and all these things, you know what? That's again, qual- this qualifies me for heaven. That's not what the Word of God tells me. That's not what Jesus is saying. 
The will of the Father, those that do the will of the Father is accepting, realizing that I need a Savior and the only way I'm going to heaven is because of Jesus Christ. Now, don't get me wrong. It doesn't mean that God does not want us to live righteous and do things because sin will bring consequences in your life. Plain and simple. If you live a life of sin, don't think your life's going to be uh, peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and everything great. Sin brings consequences, and not good consequences in your life. But you're not going to heaven because you don't sin, because every single one of us in this place sin. And the Bible says if you're guilty of one, you're guilty of them all. So again, many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not listen to our qualifications this is why we need to be in heaven. We did all these things. And verse 23, Jesus tells them, then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. You see, you're thinking you're getting here because of something you've done, the way you live your life. But the only way to heaven is believing in the Son, that He is the Messiah. You know, Jesus was very plain and specific when he spoke in a lot of things. And I always talk about where Jesus corrected people and said, why do you spend time looking at the speck in your brother's eye? The fault in someone else. You're always looking at their faults, but you ignore the log in yours. Now, he didn't say that you got a speck, you're, you're, oh, you're so good. You only have a little speck, and they got the log. No, he's saying you got the log and they got the speck. But what all you could do is look and see their speck and you just blow it up and it's all about them. You're always criticizing them. They're not good enough. You're not holy enough. And he's saying, but all along you got this log in your eye. Who do you think you are? You see other people's faults, but you don't see them in you. Right? Everybody knows people like that. All they do is tell you what everybody else is doing wrong. And they may throw this in the picture and say, oh, and I'll ask God to show me if there's anything wrong with me. Yeah, Jesus said there's a log in your eye. You got so much junk in your life, you, you're not even seeing their problems right. But you don't hear them say that. They say, oh, if, like there's nothing wrong in their life. But yet they're constantly seeing that other person. Really, reality, what's going on is they're feeling self-righteous. Because I don't do what you do. Because I don't have the issue you have. And Jesus is saying, you all got issues. You think you got a speck in your eye, but you got a log in it. That's why it says those who think they are without sin are fooling themselves. Verse 24. Therefore, anyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like the wise man who built his house on the rock. What is the rock he's talking about? His death and resurrection. 
the firm foundation. Those who hear what I'm talking What was Jesus talking about? He came in claiming to be the Son of God. Do you hear my words? Do you hear what I'm saying? Are you going to believe me? And are you going to accept me as the Son of God? Or are you going to deny me and think you're getting to heaven some other way? He says, therefore, if anyone hears these words of mine and puts them in the practice, again, puts them in the practice. How many of you know you could hear something but not put it in the practice? Right? And when he's saying you hear it but you don't put it in the practice, he's talking back to those people who are saying, Lord, Lord. You've heard him, Lord, of your life, but you still think you're going to heaven because of you and not him. You say he's the reason you're going, but in reality, God looks at the heart. And he knows you got so much pride in your life. That's why you're going around pointing the finger at everybody else because you just think you're superior. You're, you're, you're... Okay, well, let's, let's get going. Notice it says, When the rain came down and the streams rose and the winds blew and beat against that house, the house built on Jesus Christ, between faith in God and our love for his son and his kingdom, Yet it did not fall because its foundation was on the rock. Their hope was placed in him and him only. Not in any of my abilities, not in anything else. Only in him. He says, but everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man. How many of you know that a foolish person somehow thinks because of what I've done, I'm getting to heaven? Many more, more people will not admit that, but actions, comments speak louder than words. He says, The foolish people, uh, man built this house on the sand, and what the sand represents is any other thing besides the blood of Jesus Christ and the cross. It's not going to stand, it doesn't stand. Your ability, the list of a bit, the list of things you were telling them why you should get in heaven, is sand. It's not the foundation you're getting to heaven. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew against and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. So I, I need to quickly get going here. Again, our hope overflowing. I, I love First Corinthians ten six. It says this. Now these things occurred, he's speaking about the things in the Bible, everything that's written as examples to keep us from setting our hearts on evil things as they did. So everything written in the Bible is examples for us that we could see where, where people had success in the Bible when they left God, how things come. It's, it's actually warnings from the Israel's history of, in the Old Testament. God's chosen people, the, the, it's, it's about... The whole word is about seeing how they went through so it affects our life the way we live for him. Okay, so everything we see in the past, we can equate to our life. It's an example for us to live by. And I wanted to point out two examples here. Where, and again, where our hope is. This is based on our hope. So in Isaiah 43, 1 and 3, notice this hope we can have. But now, this is what the Lord says. And, I, and we can take that to heart right now. 
He who created you. How many of you know no one's in here except that God chose you to be created? I don't care if your mama got pregnant in the backseat of a 57 Chevy on the first date. You did not surprise God by being here. The Bible says that he knew you before you were formed in your mother's womb. God knows you. And so we understand God knows us. I'm not a mistake. He placed me here in this time frame. That's, he didn't put me in the 1500s. He put me in the right now because he needed me here right now. That he has a plan for my life. He says, again, taking what he's saying there, he says, Jacob, he who formed you. And he says, Israel. Okay, and what, does it, what, what is this all talking about? Is that we can rely and look back and know that God is the same when? Yesterday, today, and forever. So when we're going through life, we can look back into yesterday to see how God responded because I can apply what he's done yesterday for my today and for my tomorrow. He says, I have summoned you by name you, or uh, it says, do, I'm sorry, let me back up. Do not fear, for I have what? Redeemed you. How were you redeemed? By the blood of Jesus Christ. By our hope, faith in God, that, and his, the love of Jesus Christ. We are redeemed. He says, you are redeemed. He says, I have summoned you by name. You are mine. How many of you know that if you've accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, you are now a child of the King. You're a child of God. So you are His. And what does he do for his children? He says, when you pass through the waters. Now, this is talking about troubles in life. He doesn't say, if you pass. He's letting you know when you pass. Because there will be trouble in this life. He says, when you go through these things in life, he says, I love this. I will be with you. He was with the nation of Israel and he's with you today. And he says, and when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. Why? For I am the Lord, your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. See, I can, when I'm facing the troubles of today, I can look back of how faithful my hope is anchored in faith, how faithful God was to his chosen people. And he's just as faithful to you. Then I just want to read from Joshua 1, 1 through 9. Again, it says this, this, that Moses had just passed away and God's getting ready to take uh, uh, the nation of Israel into the promised land. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, my ser Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then... You and all these people, and I love that next word, is get ready. As God's people, we need to get ready because my hope is in him. My hope is in him, so I need to be ready. He says to cross over the Jordan, to, and again, the Jordan River was at a, a swollen state, uh, overflowing state at that time. It was dangerous. He says, into the land I am about to give them. To the Israelites. And then notice what he says. It, let me back up for a second. The reason Mo, Joseph is, uh, Joshua's taking them to the promised land is because when Moses were leading the people, they did not have, their hope was not in God. 
They did not have their faith in God that God was able to defeat all the enemies in the land that they were going to face. They walked in fear instead of faith. But you, you, what I did think about is, you know what? Even though they wanted to go back as a slave, God never allowed them. See, slavery represents our lost state in life. And even though they were going through the desert and they began to, the Israelites began to complain, we would be better off over there. But God knew they weren't, and God had a better plan for them, and God never let them return there. He didn't, he didn't take them all into, into the promised land. In other words, he's saying, I saved you from that slavery thing, but you're not going to walk in the promises and fulfillment that you can. Because your hope is not in me. Their hope was actually back in Egypt. Where as being slaves, they felt more comfort and secure than where God was leading them. It says, uh, let me just go back to verse 3. Notice what it says. God says, I will give you. Think for a second. It's that God saying, I will give you. It's not saying, Joshua, you will take. He didn't say, Joshua, because of your abilities, because of the mighty strength of the Israel army, that you're going to have it. No, it's God will give it to you. It's not our ability. It's not in our strength. It's, our, it's, it's that faith in God, not by your ability. God says, I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. Now, again, that's what I'm going to talk about. He says, every place that God promised Moses, he's, he's talking about God that's spoken to him, and this is where you're supposed to go. You can't lead your own life and say, God, bless wherever I go. No, God's going to bless where he wants you to be. That's where the blessing is. You know, too many people pray in life, God, I'm doing this, so bless it. But God's blessing is where his will is for your life. But it, it's saying here that... Um, Every place you set your foot, just as I promised Moses. Well, Moses didn't take the promised land. But it was promised to him. Why? Because the people sinned. The people did not trust God. The people didn't put their faith. But God says, you know what? I am a faithful God. And I will give it to you. If you put your foot... When I say to step, if you step, you got it. But if you get scared... And turn around like how they sent the 12 spies, right? Jacob and Caleb were, let's go. But the other 10 was, no, no. They weren't willing to take that step. And then it says, as I promised, verse 4. Your territory will extend from the desert of Lebanon and from the great river, the Euphrates, into the Hittite country, to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. And he says this, no one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. No one can, if God be for you, who can be against you? God was given it, not because of your abilities, Joshua, but because of your faith in God. He says, as I was with Moses, and that's what he's telling you here today, as he was with Moses, as he was with Jacob, as he was with Joshua, he says, I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. So on this case, he says, I will be with you. I'm never leaving you or forsaking you. So he's telling us to be, verse 6, be strong and courageous. 
because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. In other words, God's saying, nothing can stop his will for your life if you're faithful to him and you trust in him. Then he says again, be strong and very courageous. Be careful, and here he goes, be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you, and do not turn from the right or to the left, because sin brings consequences. You hear me? Sin brings consequences in our life. God has a purpose for your life. Ephesians 2.10 tells us that we are created in Christ Jesus, saved through him, to do good works which God has prepared for us. So you understand, we will give an account of the way we live our life. But I was just thinking, as we sang that song uh, earlier this morning, God, I don't want to abuse your grace. You know how you abuse his grace? By thinking you don't need it. By thinking you're morally superior and you don't need that grace. That you may be successful wherever you go. He says, keep this book of the law on your lips and meditate on it day and night so that you will be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. He says, have I not commanded you be strong and courageous? Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord God will be with you wherever you go. Understanding that faith, hope, and love. God sandwiched you, your hope, your, your expectation, your trust, right in between him, which is our faith in our God, and right in between the love of his son, who died on the cross for our sins. And if we ever think that our hope is in ourselves. Well, if we ever put the hope in ourselves and in our own abilities, Scripture clearly shows us that all these lists you're trying to give God won't, stand, won't hold water. The only thing that does is the blood of Jesus Christ. If you trust and believe that He is the Son of God who has died for your sins and has resurrected from the dead, then you shall be saved. It doesn't, God doesn't say, okay, now here's the checklist of what you've got to do to qualify you. Can I say that again? That God is faithful to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Because we need him to. Because the most righteous we could be is as a filthy rat. So, <laughs> can I tell you, when, when someone is always doing the, it's a filthy rag saying, at least I'm not as dirty as you. That's what they're doing. They don't realize it, but that's all it is. And a person that is always bringing correction, and we do correct people, and it helps show them where sin is, but if their whole life is based on pointing the speck in other people's eyes, Jesus is saying, you know what, you're not seeing the log in your eye because you think you've made it already. And he did say, deal with the speck in your eye. Amen? Let's stand to our feet as we close this morning. If you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I want to give you that opportunity here today. According to John 3.16, it says that God so loved the world 
that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. And that's how we're saved, through the blood of Jesus Christ. There is no other way. So just say this simple prayer with me right now. If you want to accept the Lord, this forgiveness uh, for your sins. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you today, and I admit that I fall short in many areas of my life. But I believe you love me so much that you sent your Son to die on the cross for the forgiveness of my sins. I invite Christ into my heart to be Lord and Savior of my life from this day forward. Father, teach me to walk in your ways from this day forward. In Jesus' name we pray, and everyone says amen. Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand clap. Thank you for watching online this morning. Those of you that are here, if you'd share this on uh, Facebook on your page so people could get this message. We love you, and we'll see you next week. If you weren't here today, we had plenty of room. You could have fit. So, amen. God bless you. We love you. Also, uh, anyone wants a prayer cloth, you could come get them up here.